Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Hey, church family, this is Lauren, and I'm so excited to be sharing God's word with you today. It's been incredible to see how God's been working through this season. We've been seeing people get connected in online groups and life change happening in Jesus. And in these services every weekend, we're seeing people find life and freedom in Jesus. And we're expecting the same thing today. But we're also excited that we're jumping back into the book of Mark. We're in this series called Marked by Jesus. And we're actually taking about two years to go through verse by verse through the book of Mark and hearing about Jesus. And today we're in Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 1. And it shares the powerful story of Jesus multiplying the bread and the fish for thousands. And it illustrates this point that Jesus can do whatever he needs to with whatever is available. When there's an insufficiency and a lack is when he shows off the most and does the miraculous. And I was thinking about this, that when we see lack, when we see a lack in our lives, when we have unmet needs and what we have is less than what we need, we'll often be overwhelmed. Usually our first response is anxiety or fear. And I was thinking about how when toilet paper was at an all-time shortage and people were freaking out, our response to a lack is fear and anxiety. What am I going to do, right? But I believe most people have this propensity to see lack, see insufficiency, and see a problem But as I read this story, I actually see how Jesus looks at a lack and he sees an opportunity for a miracle. When man sees a problem, God sees an opportunity for a miracle. And it's because of the insufficiency that God works his miracle. If there wasn't a lack, then there may not have been a miracle. And so if there's one thing that I would say sums up this passage really well before we jump into it, It's that the greatest miracles will come when we surrender our insufficiencies to his sufficient power. The reason a miracle happens is because of the insufficiency, that God is able to come through and meet all the needs and actually above and beyond those needs. And I'm thinking so often, how often do we experience a lack? How often do we experience where there's not enough of some resource, whether that's a physical resource or maybe an emotional resource, where we feel like there's not enough. We're going to experience lack all throughout our lives. And I think after reading this, I'm personally challenged to say, what is my first response? To trust in God, to say, this is an opportunity for God to work his miracles? Or am I going to take on that fear and anxiety that is my natural inclination? So we're going to jump into Mark chapter 8. Um, Just to give you some context to what's happening, Jesus is continuing his ministry. The crowd continues to grow. He's doing miracles and people are coming to hear what he has to say. He's teaching and uh, teaching a new thing that most people aren't used to hearing, but people are drawn to the miracles. And uh, you may remember uh, a few months ago, we taught in Mark chapter 6 of the multiplication feeding the 5,000. 
and we say, hey, is this the same story? Now, some people have speculated that this is the same story, and Mark just recorded it twice. But to me, it's very clear that it's a different story because of a few things. Because it's a different location than the one recorded in chapter 6. It's a different amount of people, and it's to a different group of people. First, it was to the Jews, and this is actually to the Gentiles, which means non-Jews. And this is the second miracle of multiplication because I think the disciples just needed a reminder of how good God is. And that's kind of what I want to give you all today. And that's the title of my message is reminders when there's a lack. Reminders in the midst of lack. So let's jump in to Mark chapter 8 verses 1 through 10. In those days when again a great crowd had gathered and they had nothing to eat. He called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, how can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, how many loaves do you have? They said, seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full, And there were about 4,000 people, and he sent them away. And immediately he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha. Let's just pray real quick that God would speak to us through his word. Lord, we're so thankful for your word, especially in this season, and how you work the miracles like only you can. And I pray that you would speak to us and open our hearts to new revelation. We love you, Lord, and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So like I said... This sermon is called Reminders in the Midst of Lack. And I believe we just need some reminders. As I look at this passage, I see that there's a lack. And I see three things that really stand out to me that are so needed for us to be reminded of. Many of us are in a season of lack with these given circumstances. And I believe when we embrace these truths, these reminders will live differently And more importantly, we will experience all that God has for us. So number one is this, is that he cares. You could see in verses two and three, Jesus says those words, I have compassion on the crowd. And I think we can conclude really quickly when we experience a lack, we think I have unmet needs, so God doesn't care about me. I have bills that I don't know how to pay. God doesn't care about me. I have anxiety, I have emotional trauma, I have this pain, I have this situation, and we conclude that God doesn't care about us real quick because our circumstances tell us that, and that's, that's a conclusion we often draw. But like I said, we need reminders that God cares for us. Psalms 34 verse 18 says this so well. It says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. See, sometimes we think that he's not aware or he doesn't care. But I want to remind you that his care and compassion for you is uncomprehensible. His love for you is so dear that when you are brokenhearted, 
He is near. He's near to the brokenhearted. And so in the midst of your pain is when God's unconditional love is highlighted the most and his compassion for you. Another verse that says this so well is 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, casting all anxiety upon him, for he cares for you. It's because of our insufficiencies in our emotional pain or our physical resources that we have, whatever kind of lack we're experiencing, is when we really can cling to the truth that he cares for us. And when we do that, we'll experience his unconditional love. And when we do that, there's just nothing that compares to his unconditional love. We need to remind ourselves in the midst of lack that he cares for us. And the second thing to remind ourselves of is that he's capable. When we believe and we remind ourselves that he's capable, we'll be really quick to trust him. And that's what I saw in the passage. The disciples had already experienced this miracle, but they still asked the question, Jesus, how... How's this going to work out? There's thousands of people here. Mark records 4,000 people, but we also know that that does not include women and children. So there's somewhere between 12 to 16,000 people here with seven loaves. How are you going to do this? And that happened a few months ago, and Jesus came through and did the miracle. But the disciples still questioned it. How are you going to do that? And they needed to be reminded to, from, the, from Jesus saying, Hey, I am capable. And we need to be reminded of God's power and that he's capable to handle, he's capable to do whatever is needed to meet the need. You see, in February of 2016, I experienced a a crazy miracle that I'll never forget because we were at the end of our rope financially and we did not know how we were going to make ends meet, pay the bills. And financially, we were just at a crisis. We were saying, God, I don't know how this is going to work. And I distinctly remember a Sunday night in February of 2016 where we sat down and looked over our budget. And we prayed. We continued to cut things as much as possible. And I remember saying, God, I'm going to still trust you with the tithe. I'm going to give you the tithe off the top. But I'm cutting everything back, and I still do not know how I'm going to pay the bills and move forward with my life. I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. And I remember a Sunday night praying that, saying that to God, and also saying, God, I still trust you, and I know you're going to make a way. And it was so clear that God was moving because the very next day, I got a phone call. And the phone call actually went like this. It said, hey, there's an opportunity for you to make some extra money with actually not doing a whole lot of work, adding a lot of hours to your week. And if you're thinking to yourself, that sounds really sketchy, that is exactly what I thought too. But I said, well, hey, this is weird because I was just praying about something, so I will cautiously move forward with it. And it turns out, to make a long story short, that was one of the biggest blessings in my life, that it not only added the the income I needed to meet all the needs, but it was actually above and beyond that. And it was not adding a lot of hours to my week. An incredible blessing. And I just point back to say, God is capable. I just want to remind somebody today, you're experiencing lack. You don't know how things are going to work out. You don't know how you're going to make ends meet. God is capable. He's done it before and he'll do it again. 
He is capable for, for the disciples here in this situation. He's capable for me. He's capable to bring the miracle about in your life, whatever that is. We know he's capable because he's done it before. See, the disciples had to trust him with that. They questioned, questioned it, like, how are you going to do that? And Jesus asked him, the disciples, how much do you have? How much bread do you have? And they said, we have seven loaves. And the disciples had to trust him with the bread. See, I think often we try to take it into our own hands. And if we were the disciples in that case, they would say, hey, we're going to try to do this on our own. We're going to split up this seven loaves of bread into thousands of pieces and everybody just gets a little bite. So at least they're going to have something, right? But it takes some trust and a great degree of faith to hand it over to Jesus and trust him that he's capable. And that's what he asks us to do. In our insufficiencies, in our lack, we surrender all we have. We surrender our lives. We surrender our resources. We surrender everything we have, and we put it into his presence. We put it into his power and say, God, I know you're capable. And I believe it's in those circumstances, when there's a lack and there's trust in God that he's capable, do we see miracles come through? We experience the miraculous power of God when we give him the opportunity to do it. When you experience lack, I want you to think about it. That's an opportunity for God to show off, for God to do a miracle. And the third thing is this, is that he's enough. When we believe this, we will experience the fullness of who God is. And we ourselves will be complete. See, I think we often experience this feeling, this thought that I'm not enough, we're not enough. And that's a detrimental thought because it attacks our identity. I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, not talented enough. In someone else's eyes, in our own eyes, in a standard that we've placed, expectations we've placed on ourselves, we're not enough. And that thought is detrimental because it attacks our identity. I remember my freshman year, I wanted to be on the basketball team. I played in junior high and I loved it. Wasn't the greatest, but I'm like, hey, maybe I can make the freshman basketball team. And uh, went to tryouts, gave it my all. And I remember going into the coach's office at the end of tryouts and having that hard conversation of him telling me, hey, Lauren, we have some great players on this team. And unfortunately, you didn't make the cut. And I remember walking out of there devastated because I felt like I wasn't enough. It was attacking my identity. But here's the truth that I'm able to receive after coming out of that and that we all are able to receive is that we are enough in Christ. To the world standards, to standards we place on ourselves, we will always fall short to somebody. But when we experience Jesus, we are enough. To God, to the only one that matters, we are enough. When we experience God, we complete our lives. Colossians 2, 9, and 10 is one of my favorite verses, actually. It says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. And verse 10, so you also are complete through your union with Christ. You see, we're complete with our union with Christ. When we know Jesus, we are complete. We are enough. There's no need to strive. We're not complete based on our performance. We don't need to go achieve. We don't need to go do a bunch of good things. But we are complete simply by knowing God, simply by having a relationship with Jesus. We're complete. 
There's nothing else I need to add to my life to be complete. That scripture is so clear. And I believe this passage is highlighting how he's enough for us, that how he completes us, that we're not complete based on a performance, but he completes us when we surrender our lives to him. So if you notice at the end of the miracle, there were seven basketfuls of leftovers. And these were actually really big basketfuls, which is amazing, which is more than they started with. That's a miracle, right? But the number seven symbolizes something. It symbolizes completeness and fullness. And I believe this passage is highlighting how he is enough. See, this was to the Gentiles, and I believe it was highlighting how he is enough, that he is all we need to everyone, to Jews and to Gentiles, to everyone, he is enough. Jesus asked the question to the disciples, how many do you have? How much bread do you have? And the number was irrelevant. They could have said anything. The disciples could have said anything, but Jesus said, that's enough, because I am going to complete the gap. I'm going to fill the space. See, when we recognize our insufficiencies and surrender it to the all-powerful God, the sufficient God, he fills the space. God fills in our weakness. God fills in the lack in our lives that we're not able to live up to the right standard. We have sin in our lives, but when we surrender our lives to the all-sufficient, all-powerful God, we experience the fullness of his grace. And there is nothing that compares to that. You can get through any situation when you know that you are enough, that you don't have to compete, you don't have to perform to complete yourself, to be enough, but simply knowing Jesus and experience his unconditional love, experiencing his power and experience his grace is all we need to be complete. See, I believe God put this message on my heart and highlighted things in this passage because some of us are being enslaved to this feeling that we're not enough. That feeling has beat us up, it attacks our identity. And some of us just need to experience his fullness and surrender our lives and experience the fullness of his grace. And some of us have been going through a time where we are experiencing lack maybe in our resources and you need to know that he cares and that he's capable. I'm just gonna ask us to pray. And if you're one of those individuals that say, I'm actually far from God, I feel far from God. I don't have a relationship with him. I want you to repeat this prayer after me and take a bold step towards him. He's ready to meet you now. But also if you're experiencing a lack in your life and you feel you're tested and you need to be reminded and you need to surrender your lack, to him and experience his compassion and his power and his grace. I want you to repeat this prayer after me as well. Let's pray this out loud. Say, Jesus, I need you. Come into my life and make me new. With you, I am enough. I surrender everything I am into your hands and experience the fullness of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe some of you prayed that. I wanna encourage you to click the link in the comments to help us get connected and pray with you more. But church, let's live this out. Let's live this principle out of clinging to his power and his grace in our lives. We hope this word encouraged you today. If you haven't heard, we recently purchased a building in Old Sacramento. This is gonna be the permanent home of Project Church. We are here to stay in Sacramento. 
But I wanted to ask you if you would consider giving, uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com backslash believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you and let's see what God can do through us.